Welcome to the Fantastic Magic Center. I'm Kent Cummins, and I'm going to share the real secrets of magic. Well, I've been speaking about speaking, and I have several times mentioned my co-author, Tom Britton, the guy who talked me into joining the National Speakers Association almost 25 years ago, and I mentioned that I am the host of the Chamber Circle on Speaking for the Georgetown Chamber of Commerce, and I'm recording this on the day that we did this in September of 2023. We had our Chamber Circle on Speaking, and Tom Britton was one of the people there, and he gave me a ride back to the Fantastic Magic Center, and he's sitting here with me now, and I thought this would be a good opportunity for you all to get to know him a little bit better. So, Tom, thanks for being here. My my first thing that I would always like to know is, how did you get interested in magic? Well, that was easy. I was in the third grade, and a magician came to school. His name was Douglas the Magician, Doug Carnegie. My third grade girlfriend was Jan Field, and he got her up and floated her in the air. It was the most amazing thing I'd ever seen. And I said, ooh, I want to do that someday. Not too many years later, I was doing it. There was a magic shop called Howard's Fun Shop downtown Houston. I would take the bus down there, and the very first magic trick I bought was the egg bag. Howard told me that every Saturday there's a magician's round table over at the Hasty Tasty Grill down that I ought to start attending that. So how, here, how old were you then? Oh, 13. Ah. There was a fellow there, Lister the Magician, and Larry King, and oh, visiting uh, Caracom. Their visiting magicians would always. So anyway, I. It was a Saturday. Bill Cyrus had a place on Washington Avenue. I remember Bill Cyrus. He was kind of the P.T. Barnum of Houston. He He was was indeed. Real promoter. But he had a warehouse with a stage there. And I remember going to see uh, there was Bill Palmer and Roddy Elrod. They were doing some magic. And it was a lot of fun. I remember. Somebody coming in, and I turned around and looked, and there is Lister the Magician, and evidently his daughter, wow, she's gorgeous. Many years later, she became my wife, but that's how it all started. You might say the magic will not go out of our romance. (laughs) When do you think you and I probably first encountered each other? Oh, I know exactly when. Uh, Dina was your assistant. It was... T-A-O-M at the Shamrock Hilton in 1961. No. 61. Yeah, 1960 was my first T-A-O-M convention. Yeah. And that's where I won the Teenage Trophy. Right. I mean, our friend John Mooring won the big, mysterious Howard Trophy that uh, Howard Campbell from Howard's Fun Shop gave. But I didn't even know there was a teen trophy, but uh, I won it. I was so excited that I decided to prepare a really big contest act and really win the next year. <laughs> and I got my friend Dina Lister, who is quite a few a few years younger than me, but she was the daughter of a good magician friend. 
He agreed that she could help me with my show, and she was my beautiful assistant, and we did a fantastic show, and we didn't win the contest. Oh, wait, who did, Kent? You had won it previously. I know, I won the this previous year. This was an year. encore. It was definitely 1961, and it was two brothers that did some kind of a comedy act. I didn't get to see them because we were still packing up backstage. Huh. Oh, I bet that was Bob, my brother and I. Yeah, we were as shocked as anybody when they announced our name and presented us the trophy. But what a thrill. Anyway, gosh, we kind of hit and miss... We would see each other at TAOM, right. I guess, every year. And for you non-magicians, just a reminder, that's the Texas Association of Magicians. And there's a whole podcast about that just a few episodes back. As an elementary school student, I said, ooh, I want to be a magician. Well, you actually did it. <laughs> you actually did it. But I went into banking for 25 years, turned around a troubled bank in Houston. People said, how'd you do that? Would you come talk to us about that? And so I started talking to other banks and other companies said, come tell us about that. I thought, wow, instead of using PowerPoint or overhead, I would use magic to demonstrate my key points. And people started saying, Tom, you ought to do this full time. So I resigned as CEO, jumped off Mount Cashflow and went full-time as a speaker using magic. So in a way, I kind of grew up to be a magician, <laughs> but not like you, not full-time. And you and I reconnected. We knew each other as teenage magicians, and Dina was too young for me. I don't know how many years difference, but even three or four years difference makes a huge difference when you're a teenager. Mm -hmm. You're apparently younger than me. Well, can't he? I guess I'm getting up there. 77, which uh, you're already an Octarian, aren't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I turned 80 this year. There you go. Dina obviously is even younger than that. Oh, my. But, yeah, uh, I was friends with Glidden Lister, uh, Jojo the Clown, among yep. other things. So I didn't mind at all that uh, his little daughter could be my assistant. That was kind of fun. But when did you meet and become enamored with her exactly? Well, it was uh, that day at, at Bill Cyrus's. All right. But I got a call from her. She was trying to start a junior magician's club there in Houston. Mm -hmm. uh, she would call me from time to time, and I soon realized she, it wasn't about starting a junior <laughs> magician's club. She was interested in me and wanted to talk to me because we would get way off subject. And that was the beginning of our romance. And I'm fond of telling people that she was my beautiful assistant in 1961. We didn't win. And so she married the guy that did win, <laughs> which is a true story, although there's no cause and effect there. Exactly. Well, I found out that at least at that time, I could make more money being a speaker than being... That is true. It was a real fine balance, Kent, because if you're a speaker, they want content and entertainment. If you're a magician, they want entertainment. So I walked a fine line. Are you a speaker or are you a magician? So I always put the magic as the secondary 
I use magic to illustrate my key points. And it's a heck of a lot better than PowerPoint because PowerPoint, they're looking away from you. They're looking on a screen and right. you have lost your connection with that audience. Whereas when I'm holding a prop of magic, it's right there in my, it's all blended together and I haven't lost them. I remember an early promo video of yours where you talked about the fact that you didn't use view graph slides. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. that's before PowerPoint. Oh, yeah. Flip chart and overhead projector and, yeah, that's... Carousel oh, trays. Oh, my gosh. There are all kinds of things you haven't used. But see, even then, <laughs> technology would get the better of you. So it was nice that I was using magic and I, it was something I could control and didn't have to worry about the technological disasters. And it's interesting that you defined yourself for branding as a speaker who used magic, right. and I defined myself as a magician who spoke. And we both did very similar things. And worked out great for both of us, yeah. but it was truth in advertising, by golly. <laughs> certainly was, because... If they came to hear me speak and to think they were going to see incredible illusions, they would have been highly disappointed because I am no Kent Cummins. Well, and I'm no Tom Britton, and I think we're both happy about both of those. I got married in 65. When did you all get married? 69. Okay, so I got married and moved away. I mean, I was in the Army. Oh, 68. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Is Dina listening? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She'll remember. So you and I really didn't connect at all for quite a few years. I mean, I didn't see you while I was in Germany or Vietnam or uh, Fort Lee or any of those other places. I guess we reconnected at a magician's convention. That seems the most likely. Probably, yes. I, I may have even been right. surprised to, to find out that you and Dina were married. I, I mean, we, we really didn't connect much after we were kid magicians mm -hmm. together for mm -hmm. a long time. And then when we did reconnect and realized, oh, my gosh, you know, we, we were friends years ago. We should still be friends. You came over to our house. We lived in South Austin for 40 years. I built an addition onto our house. We lived in a little Bill Milburn typical subdivision house. And it wasn't big enough for all our stuff, so we built an addition onto it, and it had stairs going up to my studio. And I can remember you're sitting on the stairs and talking to me about the National Speakers Association. Yeah, I was president of the Houston chapter at that time. We did talk about it. It piqued your interest. You joined, and <laughs> the rest, <laughs> rest is history. Except, I must say, our secretary somehow did not add you to the roster and you were not getting our newsletters or anything and yet you you stayed true. Uh, the reason I'm laughing so much is because I was so impressed with what you were doing with the National Speakers Association and I thought wow I you know this could be something that I would enjoy doing also. I had already done quite a bit of public speaking but I wasn't involved with Toastmasters. I wasn't involved with NSA. You inspired me to become a member, and I remember, I think I wrote two checks. One check was for the dues for the Houston chapter, and the other check was for the national dues for the National Speakers Association. If I remember right, I had my checkbook with me, and I gave those two checks to the treasurer right then. 
and I was sort of surprised I never heard anything, but <laughs> I was busy trying to make a career. It's hard being an entrepreneurial entertainer and trying to make a living, and so I was really busy. My wife, Margot was my bookkeeper, and occasionally she'd ask me why those checks never cleared, and I'd say, oh, well, I have to check on that, but I never did much worry about it for a while, and then I suppose you and I reconnected because I remember going to, maybe it was a regional NSA meeting with you and Dina. I mean, we probably didn't go together. We probably met there, but I mean, you had talked me into going, and I took my checkbook so that I could join uh -huh. at the meeting. I went up to the registration, and I said, I'm registered for the convention, but I want to join. She says, oh, well, you have to go home and do that in your computer. You can't do that here. Gee. And so that was my second attempt to join NSA. And then a year or so later, NSA had a chapter that was the Heart of Texas chapter, the hot chapter. And they would meet in Austin one month and San Antonio the next month. And I went to one of the Austin meetings to see our friend Jim Gentile. He was the speaker, also a magician. So I took my checkbook and they said, everybody who's not a member, come here. And one of the legacy, legendary speakers that was there talked to us and said, don't bother to join yet. Wait until you know you're ready. And so that was the third time I tried to wow. join. <laughs> now jump forward. Many times my speaking took me to Austin. So I would uh, give Kent a call and uh, we'd meet for lunch or sometimes I'd stay over at his place. And one particular time, we were at Angie's Mexican oh, Restaurant. Yes. And On 6th um, Street and I-35, up on a little hill. Yep. Good Mexican food. Good conversation that day. And you know what's funny? That was a recommendation from our mutual friend, Trixie Bond. No way. I the think restaurant? so. I okay. think Trixie had said, well, you know, when I come to Austin, because she was also a Houston magician at the time, she lived in Sugarland. I'm pretty sure she's the one that said, you ought to try out Angie's Mexican Restaurant. They make their own corn tortillas. Well, they still do. They're still there. They've jumped over to 7th Street on the east side, but they're still there. But during the conversation, we were talking about all the changes that were taking place. And Kent said, you know, Michael Dell, what did he say? You just read his book. Yeah, I, I had read Michael Dell's book, and he said somewhere in there that Change is really just an illusion. Things remain the way they are. This gut-wrenching change in his organization wasn't really such a big deal. We're doing the same things. We're just doing it differently. Nothing's really changed much over all these centuries. We thought, wow, that'd be a great workshop we could put together for corporate America. We could go and, oh, but wait a minute. What if we wrote a book? I'm Kent Cummins. Join us next time for more tales from the Fantastic Magic Center. And if you'd like even more information, well, join us on our website, fantasticmagiccenter.com. Kent cannot preserve the secret legacy of magic without your support. Start today by going to fantasticmagiccenter.com and clicking the red Join our Patreon button.